sick world, I'm a happy guy. Your host, Reverend Bill M., brings us the devil's mischief. Carnal comedy clips. Netherworld novelty of numbers. Brought to you by RadioFreeSatan.com. Episode number 684. Bill M. here with The Devil's Mischief on Radio Free Satan. Over the last many episodes, we were celebrating 20 years of The Devil's Mischief with a look back at various episodes of the past. I could easily keep that up for another year, but I finally decided, no, no, I just want to do a new episode. People ask me how I can keep a podcast going for 20 years. And, well, it's because there's always stuff I'm listening to and enjoying and... I want to play on the show. So, I've got an odd assortment of comedy and novelty in this episode. A couple of months ago, you see, I was in a used music store, and one habit that I've always had for many, many years is checking out the comedy section. Some years ago, I realized, though, that I own way more comedy albums than I ever find in a store. Because, like, I'll go to a store and there'll just be like a handful of things, you know, I'll, but I'll look through anyway and say, mm, okay, I have that already. I have that. That's a good one. Well, I have that already. Mm, that comedian sucks. And that comedian sucks. And that CD I have already. Well, that's all six albums that the store carries in their comedy section. Recently, however, I was in a store and found a CD from a comedian named Larry Reeb. He's a comedian I've always liked. I'll talk more about him later. Also, I want to find a good track from Doug Stanhope. I wanted wanted to find a good track from him that I've never played on the show before. And I found one here in the Devil's Mischief's vaults. A real twisted track. So I think we will close the show with that Doug Stanhope track. But also, speaking of comedy in stores, I was in a used bookstore couple weeks ago and they had a bunch of sheet music and I love sheet music especially old sheet music one of my side hobbies is being a musicologist of sorts digging up obscure songs from the early 1900s and performing them especially songs about the devil of which there is no shortage surprisingly no shortage of them from that time period believe it or not No, no, songs about Satan did not start with heavy metal. It goes way before that. Anyway, uh, my wife actually got me some old Irving Berlin sheet music for my birthday. But anyway, I'm in the store, and I'm looking through a box, and I find a hardcover book of sheet music from Tom Lehrer. His albums were all from the late 1950s, early 1960s. But still, Tom Lehrer, to this day, you hear him all the time on shows like Dr. Demento. Is a staple of novelty music, had influence on a lot of other people too. In fact, my three biggest passions in life, three M's, mischief, music, and mathematics, and Tom Lehrer is the embodiment of all three, a musician, a comedian, and a mathematician. So naturally, I had to get this book. And thus, now, before we get into the comedy, let's hear some novelty, novelty from Tom Lehrer. Here are three live tracks from his live album, An Evening Wasted with Tom Lehrer. Next we have the Dear Hearts and Gentle People School of Songwriting, in which the singer tells you that 
no matter how much sin and vice and crime go on, where he comes from, it's still the best place in the world because it's home, you know, sort of gets you. This uh, example is called My Hometown. back once again back to the place where no one wears a frown to see once more those super special just plain folks in my hometown no fella could ignore the little girl next door she sure looked sweet in her first evening gown Now there's a charge for what she used to give for free in my hometown. I remember Dan, the druggist on the corner. He was never mean or ornery. He was swell. He killed his mother-in-law and ground her up real well and sprinkled just a bit over each banana split the guy that taught us math who never took a bath acquired a certain measure of renown and after school he sold the most amazing pictures in my hometown that fellow was no fool taught our Sunday school and neither was our kindly Parson Brown We're recording tonight so I'll have to leave this line out In my hometown I remember Sam He was the village idiot and though it seems a pity it was so He loved to burn down houses just to watch the glow And nothing could be done because he was the mayor's son. The guy that took a knife and monogrammed his wife. Then dropped her in the pond and watched her drown. Oh yes indeed, the people there are just plain folks in my hometown. The most popular type of popular song is, of course, the love song, and I'd like to illustrate several subspecies of this form during the evening. First of all, the type of love song where the fellow tells the girl that although the years ahead will almost certainly destroy every vestige of her already dubious charms, <laughs> that nonetheless his love for her will shine on forever through the years, you know? Another example of stark realism in the popular song. <laughs> This particular example is called When You Are Old and Gray, and I'd like to dedicate it to anyone in the audience who is still in love with each other. Since I still appreciate you, let's find love while we may. Because I know I'll hate you when you are old and gray. So say you love me here and now, I'll make the most of that. Say you love and trust me, for I know you'll disgust me when you're old and getting fat. 
ability, a lessened utility, a loss of mobility is a strong possibility. In all probability, I lose my virility, and you your fertility and desirability. And this liability of total sterility will lead to hostility and a sense of futility. So let's act with agility while we still have facility, for we'll soon reach senility and lose the ability. Your teeth will start to go, dear. Your waist will start to spread. In 20 years or so, dear, I'll wish that you were dead. I'll never love you then at all the way I do today. So please remember when I leave in December, I told you so in May. Now, to continue with the love song, here we have the uh, Viennese waltz type of the Franz Lehar Johann Strauss school, conjuring up images of gaily waltzing couples and probably stale champagne drunk from sweaty slippers. <laughs> uh, this example is called the Wiener Schnitzel Waltz. on your dress, la la la, the skirts all came off, I confess, la la la, revealing for all of the others to see just what it was that endeared you to me. Come with me, Warlock Jeff Ivans, for a time trip back to the 1980s on the Metro. I play synth pop and other hits from the decades of indulgence. Only on RadioFreeSatan.com Whoa. 
This is Reverend Gene, the host of Voxatane, exclusively on Radio Free Satan. Join me every week as we indulge in the classical side of music spanning the past 1,000 years. Voxatani has already featured over 700 composers covering medieval, Baroque, classical, romantic, and contemporary music, including chant, choral, opera, keyboard, and orchestral music, with composers ranging from Gluck to Gilmore, Bach to Bellevance, Talis to Taverner, and Paganini to Pert. Get your weekly recommended dose of classical music right here on Voxatani, only on Radio Free Satan, with me, Reverend Jean. Hail Satan! You are listening to The Devil's Mischief on Radio Free Satan. Be sure to check out the other shows that we have on Radio Free Satan. Go to RadioFreeSatan.com to find them. What shows will you find? Well, you can find shows like The Metro with Reverend Jeff Ivins, a nostalgic trip back to what he finds indulgent, the 1980s, and also shows like Voxitani with Magister Gene playing classical music spanning many centuries, a show that we used to have regularly, which you can still find some episodes of if you look around, is Lambert's Basement. Reverend David Ingram played big band jazz and other little oddities, and I do remember many years ago, he did a Tom Lehrer episode, and it never aired. And that was for legal reasons. We had to prevent it because of the weird way licensing works with the Digital Millennium Copyright Act and technicalities like that. It's a weird thing. I mean, that's why you can't find Radio for Satan shows on YouTube. They flag that even when we have permissions and stuff. So it's it's a strange mess of a thing. But anyway, long story short, he could air that old episode if he wanted to. Uh, so I was trying to talk him into digging that up if he still has it. We'll see what happens. Anyway. When I'm not doing The Devil's Mischief, I'm doing my other podcast, which is Satan's Plane. It's not on Radio Free Satan, but you can go to satansplane.com, S-A-T-A-N-S-P-L-A-I-N.com. It's a Satanism talk podcast. Check it out if you have not already. Up next, as promised, I've got some Larry Reeb. I first heard Reeb on a number of comedy specials back in the late 1980s, early 1990s. He was in one of the HBO specials hosted by Rodney Dangerfield. He was in a special put together for the joke book, Truly Tasteless Jokes, released on VHS back in the day. So yeah, it's blue comedy, as they say. Has his comedy held up over the years? Would it be considered hack comedy these days? Well, some may think so. Some may think so, but again, I like Larry Reeb, so that's a good enough excuse for me to play him on the show. Maybe for me it's kind of nostalgic. But in any case, these tracks are from his CD released in 1999, titled Sick World, Happy Guy. And that's from his personal tagline, which is, it's a sick world and I'm a happy guy. His other tagline being, another tip from your Uncle Lair. So Larry Reeb, last I checked, is still alive. He is still touring. You can go to his official site, UncleLarryReeb.com. That's R-E-E-B, Reeb, UncleLarryReeb.com. And now let's hear some Larry Reeb. My dad always talked about a heart he had when he was a kid. You ever had like that? I wore 10 miles of school every day in the blizzards, uphill. What are you telling me, Dad? You're retarded? I would have skipped school, you dumbass.
mother used to put a curse in me. I get in trouble. She said, I hope you have a son just like you. <laughs> so do I. I thought somebody to go drinking with. <laughs> we'll both terrorize your ass. <laughs> Most mothers tell you to wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Not my mom. She said, wear dirty underwear. You get hit by a car, you're going to shit your pants anyway. <laughs> I'm not doing laundry twice. mother do this too. Whenever I'd go out, she'd go, if you're going to be late, call. I don't care what you're doing, call. So I call. I said, Mom and Mike's are watching porno movies, you're drinking beer. She's mad. She goes, wait till I tell your father. She's just a minute. I'll put him on the phone. <laughs> How do you think we got the beer, Ma? <laughs> One time I was a kid, I went to the dinner table without a shirt on. My mom's mad. She goes, what if your sister came to the table without a shirt? So she probably burned her tits in the gravy. <laughs> Tip from your Claire, ma. <laughs> I was a smart ass when I was a kid. Hard to believe because I'm so sensitive now. Like in school, teacher asked, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I said, neither the rooster came first, it's how the chicken got knocked up. For the teacher. She sent me to the principal. He'd be like, You think everything's funny. What if I spanked you? Would that make you laugh? No, that would make me horny. I like you, principal. We lived together about a year. I don't have any kids, I got animals. I like, I like the animals. My dog crapped on a rug, so I stuck his nose in it. Now he's addicted. <laughs> he's up to like four piles a day. House is like a minefield. <laughs> they say dog is man's best friend. That's true. You can't get your other friends to lick peanut butter off of you. Get <laughs> from your clear. A sick world. I'm a happy guy. I don't get the people who put clothes on the dog. You ever see those people? They put a sweater on a dog. He's got a fur coat. That's like putting swimming trunks on a fish. <laughs> you can buy a lot of crazy shit for animals. You've seen this? They got bottled water for dogs. You can actually buy this beef flavor water. My dog drinks out of the toilet. I don't think flavor's a major concern of this. <laughs> they got bottled water for cats. Fish flavor water. I drank a glass of that fish water. My wife thought I was cheating on her. <laughs> I had to drink deuce just to get that taste out of her. Took <laughs> from the Claire. Keep the douche handy with the fish in the water. I like cats. A lot of people don't like cats. They say they're useless. Yeah, like dogs build shit. <laughs> cats are pretty useless. They sleep about 20 hours a day. 
we got a cat that noted on the clock, so there's like a pillow that eats. They claim cats can dream. What the hell would a cat be dreaming about? A big fat paraplegic mouse? Canary in a wheelchair? I got a cat weighs like 20 pounds. It's not fat, it's just big bold. Wake Smith, remember we got a cat like that? Six in the morning, jumps at me, sits right in my face. I'm up in a second. You can take alarms at music, buzzers, nothing wakes you up faster than a whiff of a cat's ass. <laughs> Tuck from your clerk, be up and on the street in less than a minute. I put one of those stick-ups on his butt. <laughs> Smells like pine, it's time to get up. It's like Christmas every morning in my house. married. I never liked dating. I like being married. This is a good idea for single guys. If you want to meet women, go to a grocery store. That's a good place to meet women. You want to meet a fat girl, you go to ice cream section. Skinny girl, yogurt section. Horny girl, cucumber bin. <laughs> from your uncle. I never liked dating. I went to one of those dating services. If you go lie, they ask what I like to do. I told them I like to smoke cigars, go to horse races, and ball games. So they set me up with some guy named Lou. I was on a blind date. A friend of mine set me up, told me this girl had a Coke bottle figure. She had a Coke bottle figure. It's one of those two-liter bottles. <laughs> She's wearing real heavy blue eyeshadows. Embarrassing. We're sitting on a bar. A guy kept using her face to chalk through pool cues. Then <laughs> she told me she's on the pill. She didn't tell me it was penicillin. <laughs> Imagine my dismay. I never liked it. I was dating this one woman for like two years. All of a sudden she goes, I need more space. So I sold all of her furniture. <laughs> I was going out with another woman who wanted to have sex doggy style, so I humped her leg and peed on the carpet. <laughs> then she rubbed my face in it. <laughs> and I married that gal. Now we're married, we still have sex doggy style. I beg for it and she rolls over and plays dead. <laughs> Scientists claim married men live longer than single men. They don't tell you single men die quick, married men die a slow torture death. <laughs> they also say opposites attract, that's true. You think I'm gonna marry someone who looks like me? Picture me in a dress, that's fucking spooky. Yeah, the guy comes up, he goes, hey, is your wife good looking? What's he think I'm gonna say? No, she's a wildebeest. <laughs> Took me a month to trap in the woods. <laughs> Actually, my wife is good looking, which makes sense. I'm not that good looking. You know what, two ugly people get married, you'll have trolls running around the house. <laughs> Find this out when you're married. Women have better fashion sense than me. I'll be walking out the house, wife goes, you gonna wear that? No, I'm gonna change when I get to the car. <laughs> This is my going-out-the-door outfit. I got a whole wardrobe in the trunk. Yeah, we argue over stupid things. Like, my wife doesn't like me taking a nap. What do you got to take a nap for? You want to waste the whole day? Yeah, that's the idea. 
Wake me up tomorrow, there's another one. My wife's always gotta be doing something. Let's do something. I'm watching a ball game. Let's do something constructive. Okay, let's bet on the ball game. My wife tries to trick me. You guys get that tricky questions? She come up, notice anything different about me? Oh, shit. <laughs> Not this game again. Can't say no, you gotta guess. Uh, you lost weight. Why, you think I'm fat? <laughs> I figured it out. My wife comes up, notice anything different? I don't notice anything. I'm blinded by your beauty. <laughs> Another tip from your old Uncle Larry. Here to help. I've learned how to answer questions. I used to be the king of the wrong answer. One time I come home, my wife's all upset. She goes, I've been changing diapers all day. I said, hey, they're your parents. Sick world, happy fucking guy, lady. I told you a hundred times now. You'd think she would get into her little fucking thick skull by now. It ain't gonna change, lady. This is what I do. Sick, sick, sick. I'm gonna fucking follow you home later, too. I got married, I had a bachelor party. We had a girl jumping on a cake, she real fat. She ate the whole cake. Table dance, broke all the fucking tables. <laughs> bachelor parties are boring. Women have wild bachelor parties. They're nuts. They're always drinking on the like penis-shaped straws, glasses. What the hell is that about? You don't see guys at a bachelor party drinking out of taco-shaped containers. show one night, lady was getting married, she was wearing a dildo corsage. They're taking her picture. I'm like, lady, you're gonna be a mother someday. That's gonna come back to haunt you. You'll be yelling at your kid, you're an hour late coming home. Yeah, at least I don't wear dildos on my shoulder. We're a pretty big wedding bridesmaids all that. Most of you ladies don't like being bridesmaids, do you? No, because they make you wear some shitty looking dress that you gotta pay for. Then they go, you could wear this again. Yeah, and Halloween is the fucking tooth fairy. Like revenge, she may wear a pink with lace, I'll make that bitch wear baby shit yellow. When you get married, women buy things you guys would never think of buying, like dishes. They gotta have two sets of dishes. One for every day, one for special occasions. That's like buying two dogs and pet him, leave him alone. He's for company. <laughs> you wear the shine right off of him. <laughs> Women buy guest towels. These are towels you can't ever touch. Because ladies got some weird deal with the bathroom. Everything matched, the rug, the curtain. They got those little soaps like seashells. Single guy's got the big bar with hair and phlegm balls. <laughs> My wife got upset I bought the wrong color toilet paper. Clash with the towels. 
Who cares? If I've had six beers, six bowls of chili, I don't care what color the toilet paper is. I pray to God there is toilet paper. I hope the cat's walking by. Not that I've used the cat, but it's an option. I'm gonna bath in a pocket full of cat treats. Here, kitty. Walks in a cat, walks out looking like a skunk. Call them skin marks. Find this out when you're married too. Women do laundry different guys. They got this thing they call separating. Not me, I shove everything in one machine. My wife says, you should separate your underwear from your blue jeans. I says, I would, but I don't have a stick. I'm not touching my underwear with my bare hands. I could burn my skin. My wife wanted me to do her laundry. I cured her that. I took her favorite wool sweater, put it in, popped it on hot. Now it looks like a ski mask. But I don't have to do the laundry anymore. Another tip from your old Uncle Larry. Act like an idiot, you get out of work. Dude, as at the dry cleaner, I took a leather jacket. Guy goes, I can clean it, but the leather might crack. Is that all right? Yeah, why don't you shit in the pocket, too? What the hell are you talking about? That's like taking your car to a mechanic. I can fix it, but all the windows will be busted. Is that okay? <laughs> Went shopping with my wife. Here's the worst store I've ever been in my whole life. Linens and things. This is a store full of sheets and towels. That's it. I learned about the sheet, though, because I'm sensitive. It's the thread count, right? Ladies know this. Like a 300 thread count, very soft sheet. My point is, how soft does a sheet have to be? If I wake up, my ass ain't bleeding soft enough. <laughs> There's a difference between men and women, too. Women know how to fold fitted sheets. Guys don't know how to fold fitted sheets. It's impossible without getting the scissors out. Any guy who can fold a fitted sheet is gay. <laughs> That's from your uncle, you're a sheet-folding faggot. Linens and things are store for women. I'm gonna open a store just for men. Gonna be naked women selling hardware. <laughs> gonna call it tits and tacks. Satan Splain. Satanic talk with Church of Satan Magister Bill M. Well, it's not Satan worship, it's Satanism. It's embracing the life-enriching things which have traditionally been given the devil's name. Pride, lust, earthly success, rational self-interest, atheism, humor, nonconformity, science, a passion for living, being selective about whom we love. We don't see these as shameful sins, but empowering ideals. And we also recognize the psychological power and fun of symbolism and aesthetics, so we utilize Satan as mythology's most fitting mascot for what we're about. Listen to Satansplain. Learn more at satansplain.com. You have been listening to The Devil's Mischief on Radio Free Satan. We heard some Tom Lehrer. We got sicker with Larry Reeb. Let's go all out now on the tastelessness and offensiveness with Doug Stanhope. Thank you all for listening to The Devil's Mischief. 20 years and still going. 
And I almost forgot, the official website for The Devil's Mischief is devilsmischief.com. You can also email me, bill at devilsmischief.com is the email address. Until next time, hail Satan, and bye-bye. I would guess at this point, probably three-quarters of the email I get are survey spam, basically. Like, everything you buy, every fucking service you get, somehow they have my email address, and they want to know, hey, how about some feedback? You got your oil changed. Give us some feedback. The, the cable guy came to your house, and how was your experience in fucking every Amazon purchase you make? Right? Take a few minutes and write a review. Why well, buy way too much shit from Amazon to write? Take a few minutes every fucking purchase. Like cocktail straws. Here. These. Plastic cocktail straws because they're disappearing, so I'm stockpiling them. They're replacing them with fucking bamboo paper shit. No, I'm not putting, I'm not gonna disrespect a cocktail with some fucking paper straw that's just gonna flatten out. So I buy these, like $1.99 for a thousand from China with no shipping charge. I don't know how that's humanly possible to send me a thousand, but then you get repeated fucking Amazon spam. Hey, tell us about your purchase. Share with our customers your review of fucking plastic cocktail straws. Really? How could I really make that interesting? I'm, I'm going to take it. And when you don't, they go, you must have forgot. <laughs> I didn't forget. I said, fuck you, no. I'm not a, I'm not a cocktail straw reviewer. How desperate is everybody for some review pat on the back, star? It's like if you were getting your dick sucked. I'm getting my cock sucked and every stroke, they stop. I go, oh, is that okay? Is that all right? Oh. If there's anything you want me to do different, tell me, I'm open to suggestions. Would you recommend it to a friend? On a scale from one to five, five being the best, very satisfied, somewhat satisfied, dissatisfied. And I'm just laying back there going, sir, if I didn't like it, I would have shown you to the door. Just fucking man up and finish the job. If I have some beef with a big corporation, I'm not gonna waste that grievance in an email. I am gonna call the 800 number old school because I want the human connection where I can hear the tears on the other end of the phone when I bellow at them because I wake up hating myself and wanna blame the rest of the world and I use that as an outlet. And I don't target Indian call centers. It's just they're the ones invariably who answer the phone anymore. When you're angry at a corporation and you want to give them shit, they transfer all the shit calls to some poor fucking India and I don't want to rain on their already dreary parade. But even when I try not to, they fuck it up just in the greeting when she says, thank you for calling DirecTV. My name is Madison. How may I help you? You go, no, it's not. Your name's not Madison. 
Nobody in Mumbai, India is named Madison. I haven't even opened my mouth and you've already lied to me on the phone. Tell me your real fucking name. I am a long-term goddamn customer. I have 19 DirecTV boxes so I can get every game at my house because I have to buy my friends and I deserve more respect than for you to open a phone call lying to my fucking face. Tell me your real goddamn name. Just on the, I don't even remember the reason I called to begin with. Now it's just give me your fucking real name on principle. And I just, and when the anger tactic doesn't get the results I'm looking for, then I come in soft, good cop, bad cop. Hey, Maddie, listen, I know the game. I understand the racket. You live in a poor country, it's hard to feed your family. Yeah, you had to take this shit job at a call center to make ends meet. Your own name is unpronounceable in the English language. They made you pick a stripper name out of a training manual. I get it. You picked Madison. There's nothing wrong with that. But Maddie, I'm not a customer right now. Right now, I'm your friend. We're two human beings sharing one honest moment on a telephone line, so be my friend and be honest with me. What's your real name? <laughs> my, my name is Madison. You're a fucking lying pig! How fucking dare you! I know where you live! I'm a goddamn American. I'll have your village bombed. Send in the drones. The call invariably ends with, I hope you get gang raped. No, because I want her to know that I have some insight into her culture. Because that's how they do. In the India, that's a thing. It's what they have to deal with. Gang, Indian men gang rape. It's sad and it's savage and... Because Indian men are not strong enough to rape by themselves. It's, it's physiology or sociology, it's... It's fucking science. You get your GED and come debate me, but it's, it's true. Indian men don't have the upper body strength to pin and submit. Did you ever see an Indian dude in the UFC? No, you never will. Unless he's a ring girl. That's why they created their god Vishnu with so many arms to represent what it would take for even their god to be able to take a lady down alone. I don't, don't take this the wrong way. I'm saying Indian men are basically the women of men in that they 
Like, if there were no women, Indian men would be the ones that you'd want to make the love at. Be Hopefully. Like, on a good day. Yeah, sometimes you're going to get drunk and slum it with a hipster, but you're going to be imagining him as an Indian man underneath you because, because Indian men are the most beautiful, polite, accommodating, docile, supple of men. They have that sick, silky, thick, black hair, just dense everywhere. Their whole head, their whole one eyebrow, their back, soles of their feet, legend has it. Hair as thick as their head, like a slipper on the bottom of their feet, skating on sunshine. Indian men are the most attractive of men, not to women, hence the rape problem. With their gang raping, but but I am a I'm a dreamer. I'm an idealist. I I like to believe in a world where everyone lives on a level playing field, where everybody's equal, where an Indian man could at least believe in himself enough and have the courage to at least try to rape solo. <laughs> He, he couldn't do it. Like, panic. <laughs> Indian guy tried to rape you all by himself in a dark parking lot. <laughs> you would just laugh like you're laughing now and put your hand on his forehead like when your four-year-old nephew tries to swing punches at you and you just hold him out of arm's reach till he tuckers himself out, he gets all tired, and then you laugh and you go back to Easter dinner and everyone has a fine time. But at least that guy had enough self-esteem to make the attempt. A community lifted him up enough to have this self-confidence to try, because nobody ever wants to die thinking, what if? At least he put it out there. And I'll be honest, I don't know if this bit has a point. <laughs> but if there is a point, it's this. Is it wrong to use racism to try to stop gang rape? And that's a question for you to answer individually. Don't shoot the messenger. I put that on you, and you have to make the decision which is right and which is wrong, and either answer you come up with, you're a fucking asshole. You're either a, a vulgar racist or you're a gang rape apologist. Either way, you sicken me. Can't believe I perform for you people. Dawn, that's the end. <laughs>